Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it will encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with us further, our website is revivalnow.com, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival Now Dan Steep. We have the Revival Now app that you can download at your Play Store, and if you use Roku, you can find us on Creo TV. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Hi, welcome to Spiritual Talk. I'm Dan Steep, and this episode is being brought to you by uh, Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email infoforvalara at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I want to talk today about uh, Pentecost, which is a, a really important celebration uh, in, on the Christian calendar, and yet I think if you were to, to, to pull most people and ask them what is Pentecost and what is the significance of this celebration, uh, you would get varied answers, but probably most people really wouldn't know exactly what it's about. And so I want to spend this episode talking about, just answering this question, what is Pentecost? Pentecost, short answer, is the day of harvest or reaping. And as we move through the episode, that'll make more sense to you as we go along. But I want to read from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. The original Pentecost experience was this promise of the Father that they were waiting for. But they didn't understand exactly what they were waiting for at the time. So Jesus said, You've heard from me, for truly... John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So that tells you that they didn't understand exactly what he was talking about or the significance of it. They were still grasping to understand, and they were also trying to um, insert their agenda, what they were looking for and longing for and hoping that Jesus would bring about. Verse 7, And he said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm just going to read the last verse one more time. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends 
of the earth. Jesus commanded them to wait in Jerusalem on this promise of the Father, and that whatever that promise was going to be. Now, they probably had an inkling based upon the Jewish calendar or the the Hebrew calendar. They knew that this Pentecost experience was coming, but what they didn't know was what that experience was going to be and look like. They knew that the Jewish Feast of Weeks, it was called the Feast of Weeks, was coming. And they were in Jerusalem, and the timing was perfect, because that was one of the major Jewish feasts in which all Jewish males were required to come to Jerusalem and be counted. They needed to be there for this event. So they had some idea uh, of, of the timing, but what they didn't understand is what this promise of the Father was going to be and how it would be different from the Feast of Weeks, which in Christian, uh, on the Christian calendar, it's come to be called Pentecost. So he said they'd receive power. Now, power from God. You're going to receive the power of God. That's different than any other power. The sign of the anointing is people receiving the power of God. That's when you know that you're dealing with an anointed minister or ministry is when the power of God is being manifested in people's lives. They're being set free. They're being healed. That kind of thing. They're being saved, being born again. You see, people don't understand, people that are not Christian, even those that think they understand Christians and what Christianity is all about, they really don't. But people do understand that when they have a need, a a legitimate need, and that need is met supernaturally, they understand that. Just like the man that was born blind who received his sight in John chapter 9, when he said to the Pharisees who were questioning him about who Jesus is, he said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, I was blind and now I see. People who are touched by the power of God, they might not understand everything about the Bible, everything about Jesus, but one thing they know, they were touched and changed by the power of God. And that brings me to the next question because it directly relates to our mission here on earth. Why did Jesus have to go? Jesus had to ascend to heaven. He told his disciples that it was expedient or necessary for them that he go that he ascend to heaven. Why did he have to do that? So something greater could be birthed. It's the same reason that he said in John 12:24 that Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, unless that happens, it won't produce. But if it falls to the ground and dies, it will produce much fruit. Jesus always had a bigger picture 
and a bigger plan in mind than his disciples knew and understand, understood at the time that he was with them. His disciples were begging him not to go. They didn't understand why he needed to go. People were being healed, miracles were happening, lives were being changed, but Jesus saw the bigger picture. And that's a lesson for all of us who seek to follow God through Jesus Christ. God is the master creator. He has the master plan, and there are things that he understands. He's playing four-dimensional chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. And Jesus understood, I've got to go. If, if I stay, then wherever I am, that's it. But when I go, I'm going to send one, the promise of the Father. I'm going to send one like me. I live with you now, but the one that I'm sending is going to live in you, and wherever you go, I'm going to go with you and in you. And wherever you go, signs and wonders and miracles are going to take place. And that was Jesus' promise in John 14, 12, when he told his disciples that they would do greater works than what he has done because he goes to the Father. And that brings us up to the day of Pentecost. The Bible says in Acts 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. Jesus commanded them to stay in Jerusalem because on this day, all the Jews from around the world would be, they'd be there celebrating the word of God. The Feast of Weeks was initially, uh, it, it initially celebrated when Moses went up on, the Mount, on Mount Sinai and he received the Ten Commandments. And it became a celebration, a very important marker in the Jewish mind. Now, over the years, it became associated with uh, the agricultural harvest as well. So it was associated with, with bringing in the harvest, it timed with, with a specific harvest, which was the wheat harvest. But that was what they were celebrating. They were celebrating receiving the Word of God. And they were, they were there not only to celebrate that, but to present the first fruits of their harvest. And they waited 49 days. It was called in the Bible the counting of the omer. The om an omer is a unit of measurement. And they were counting off seven weeks, which is 49 days. And they're told in Scripture. And then on the 50th day, that's when uh, the counting of the omer was complete. That's when all the Jewish leaders and everyone was at the temple. And that's what, what was happening on the day of Pentecost, where the scripture says they were all in one, they, on the day of Pentecost, when it had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. They had waited the 49 days, the counting of the Omer. They're waiting for the promise of the Father. On the 50th day, Moses, right? On the 50th day, after Israel had crossed the Red Sea, Moses went up the mountain 
and received the Ten Commandments. On the 50th day after the resurrection of Christ, when the counting of the Omer was complete, it happened. The promise of the Father, suddenly. Do you, do you understand? 50 days after Israel crossed the Red Sea, Moses went on the, up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. 1,500 years later, to the day and to the hour, as the Jews had gathered together to celebrate the giving of that word of God and to bring their first fruit offering, the promise of the Holy Spirit happened. The promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit descended at 9 a.m., the exact hour that Moses, that God gave Moses the, what we call the Torah in, in Hebrew culture, Thunder and lightning fell in that experience. And 1,500 years later to the day, to the hour, the high priest lifted up the two loaves in the temple. The two loaves of the wheat harvest, the first fruit offering, and fire filled the house. And 3,000 souls were saved. We talk in terms of not only an agricultural harvest, but in Christian circles, we talk about a supernatural harvest, the harvest of souls. And this was also a, a harvest celebration, and a great harvest of souls came into the kingdom of God in that moment. They're in Jerusalem. They're waiting for the high priest to come and bring the power of God, and God duplicated the supernatural power that the children of Israel saw at Sinai, he duplicated when he gave the promised Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus rose from the grave. The parallels are striking. On Mount Sinai, the glory of God appeared like a consuming fire, the scripture says. At Pentecost, it appeared as divided tongues of fire. At Sinai, there were thunderings and lightnings. At Pentecost, the people spoke with other tongues as God gave them utterance. But also at Pentecost, there was a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. Mighty rushing wind. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the glory of the Lord appeared at Sinai like a consuming fire. At Pentecost, the glory of the Lord appeared as tongues of fire. Thunderings and lightnings at Sinai, 1,500 years later to the day and the hour, there was a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. God spoke to the people through Moses at, at Mount Sinai, at Pentecost. The people themselves spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Both events centered on the powerful manifestation of the Holy Spirit.
And in both cases, the glory of the Lord came down, the first to one man, the second to all people, everyone present. At the exact same time that they brought in the Passover lamb. So let's back up 50 days from this experience, the initial Pentecost, to the festival observance of the Passover, which was when Jesus rode in on a donkey and ultimately gave his life as a sacrifice, the Lamb of God without blemish the one who takes away the sin of the world. At the exact time that they brought in the Passover lamb to be a sacrifice for the sins of the world, that was when Jesus was on the cross at Calvary saying, it is finished. Now at that moment, the Holy of Holies, which separates man from God's power, the, the Bible says was ripped from top to bottom. Now, the Holy of Holies, in the Holy of Holies, is the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was all the power of God waiting to be released on the people. In the Ark of the Covenant were the broken tablets from the original Ten Commandments. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil that was opened up, it was opened up so that the entire Word of God, not just the Ten Commandments, not just the Pentateuch, or the Torah, but the entire counsel of God, the blessing and the power and the healing and the joy, it was opened up to every person on the face of the earth. And at Pentecost, 1,500 years later, at the exact hour when Moses received this Torah, this Ten Commandments, they're sitting in the temple to thank God for the Torah, and to offer their first fruit offering when the Holy Spirit falls in power. God was saying that which used to be locked up in a box when the tablets of the Ten Commandments was in the Ark of the Covenant, that which used to be locked up in a box used to be written on stone. God's saying, I'm bringing it out and I'm writing it on the hearts of every person, everyone who hungers and thirsts after me. I'm releasing it not just to the Jewish people, I'm releasing it to the world. Not to get you to heaven, but to get heaven to you. Hallelujah. To get heaven to you. Everybody needs more heaven in their circumstances. Jesus taught his disciples to pray praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is to heaven. Most people think that Jesus was all about getting us to heaven, and that's part of his plan. But he's also, through us, trying to get more heaven here on earth while we're here. The grain offering that they were giving in the temple consisted of two loaves. Two loaves of wheat bread. One means peace, one means blessing. Pentecost is going back to the day of worshiping God for, for the Torah, the Ten Commandments, and His Holy Spirit, paid for in full by Jesus Christ, our Messiah, and remembering 
all that God released upon the earth. It's his people walking in the reality of that truth, that all the world would know Jesus Christ, the living Son of God. Pentecost was called Shavuot in the Hebrew. I probably say that wrong, maybe Shavuot or Shavuot. I'm no expert on the pronunciation of that. But that was the Feast of Weeks, which became the Pentecostal experience for the Christian church. On Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks, we bring the second of two first fruit offerings. This one is a wheat offering. During Passover, when Resurrection Sunday occurred, where Jesus was called the first fruits of our resurrection, a barley offering was brought. But on the 50th day, the day of Pentecost, there's a wheat offering, an abundance offering. The barley offering, barley was a, an inferior uh, grain. It was what was used uh, to feed the cattle. So that was the first offering. But the wheat offering, wheat was the superior grain. So you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Fifty days later, you, we celebrate the giving of the Holy Spirit through the, the offering of our wheat offering, the superior offering. And we, we're celebrating God giving the Holy Spirit. The purpose of Pentecost is to remind everybody that the superior power of God is available to everyone. I'm going to repeat that because that's the whole point of this episode. The purpose of Pentecost is to remind everybody that the superior power of God is available to everyone. Why has this superior power of God been made to everyone? What did Jesus say in Acts 1.8? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Power was promised for the purpose of being witnesses unto him. Remember, it was Pentecost is a harvest feast as well, celebrating, the, the bringing in, reaping the, the harvest of wheat, reaping the wheat harvest. And Pentecost, from the original Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 forward, is the empowerment for the people of God to bring in the spiritual harvest of lost souls. It's about empowering the people of God to bring lost souls into the kingdom. It's about the transformation of life through the power of the Holy Spirit in order to carry out God's purpose and plan for humanity. It's about anointing holy people to be set apart for God's service. And when I say anointing holy people, I'm talking about Christians. 
I'm talking about every Christian. This experience is not for some select group of super spiritual believers or followers of Christ. It is available to every person who's born again and walking in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Peter stood up. He was preaching in Acts chapter 10, and he said, I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. The King James Version of the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, but he accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Another uh, a translation says, God shows no partiality. Whoever fears him from every nation is accepted by him. Accepted. What does that mean? It means the one who fears him and works righteousness, as the scripture says in Acts 10, 34, and 35, has access to all of his blessing supernatural access to supernatural power. It's available to everyone who tangibly, which means to say, not just in theory or in speech, but in action, to everyone who tangibly shares God's heart for the lost, for the world, everyone that shares God's heart, has access to all of God's blessing. God's no respecter of persons. He does not have favorites. In other words, if he'll do it for those first believers on the original Pentecost in Acts 2, chapter 1, he'll do it for me today. That means if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. You see, in Judaism, if God allows you to see the blessing in someone else's life, it means that you're next. Hallelujah. That is the purpose of Pentecost. That's what Pentecost is. That's what Pentecost is about. And I hope it's been a blessing to you as you've tuned in to this episode. As I do, before I end every episode, every time I share anything from the Word of God, I want to give an opportunity to anyone who's listening to me who has not actually received Jesus Christ as their Savior and is trusting in Him for your salvation and as the Lord of your life. If you're listening to this episode, you can make that decision right now. And that decision opens you up to every promise and every blessing spoken about in the Holy Bible. If you'd like to make that decision right now, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray a prayer, just a simple prayer of salvation. And if you'll repeat this prayer out loud after me, from a place of sincerity in your heart, you can know from this moment forward that you are a Christian and you can set a new course for your life following the Word of God. 
If you'd like to do that, if you'd like to make that commitment, just pray this prayer out loud after me. Heavenly Father, I admit that I have sinned. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness. I repent. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me a new person right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. It's as simple as that, my friend. If you prayed that prayer out loud after me, welcome to the family of God. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you prayed that prayer with me, you called on the name of the Lord. So please take a moment and go to my website at revivalnow.com. Revivalnow.com. If you'll do that, on the front page of the website, there's a big red button that says, I just got saved. Click that button, and it'll take you to a place where you can do a couple of things. Uh, the first thing you can do is you can view some video resources that I've prepared for you to help you get started in your Christian journey. And also, you can fill out your contact information. And if you'll fill out your contact information, I'll send some resources to you to help you get started in your Christian life. So go to RevivalNow.com, click I Just Got Saved, and follow the prompts from there. Thanks for joining me for this episode, talking about answering the question, what is Pentecost? I trust that it's been a blessing for you. This episode has been brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email info for Valara at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me on this, this episode. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes. Uh, I want to be a blessing to you by opening up the Word of God and making it clear and practical in your life. Until the next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.